0: Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. (sighs) Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you. And you too. Do you know anything about homing pigeons? Um,
1: not a whole lot. I know somebody who is training some in between her house and her
0: mom's house, which that'd is kind of interesting. That'd be amazing. You know that if you can't lose a homing pigeon. Oh, really? Yeah, because if you if you think you've lost a uh, homing pigeon, you've really just lost a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> so. Is this from last night?
1: Oh, you wait until that beat drops. (laughs) Oh, it dropped. (laughs) Your ears are not deceiving you. This is, of course, DJ rave artist Freddie Todd with his new single, Shellac. The completely danceable...
0: (laughs) So what did you do last night? <laughs> Was that a dog park? <laughs> Probably. Okay. So I
1: spent a lot... Yeah, so so I went to a rave last night. So every conversation Ooh. I had with Brian, I had Ooh. to have over... <gasps> no, no, no. Uh, wow, look at the, the bass levels I on her. So our, is, <laughs> on our monitor. Our recorder is just mad. Uh, so I went to... A yes. rave at... I, I didn't, I didn't yeah, make it stop. off. <laughs> Sorry, Freddie's hot. Nick Nick had a, uh, a dubstep
0: phase yeah. for like a week
1: and a half. Was, I was surprised dubstep is... It, that seems so 10 years ago, dubstep. But to back up, Sorry. I am fresh off a forest airplane rave that I went to last night with our friend Brian the Unipiper. So there is a... 727 airplane out in the forest, about 5, 10 miles west of Hillsboro that some guy, however many years, converted into a house. And it's kind of a a famous house if you see lists of like crazy houses or on HGTV, like my mom and dad. Um, And there was a huge rave thrown there last night that the Unipiper was involved in. So I spent, oh, a good six hours at a rave last night raving and it was it was wonderful and crazy and weird and it was not I don't think like a what your standard rave would be like if you went to a rave at a venue for a rave I think the rave was incidental because as you can hear you can't really Dance at all to anything like this? That's where you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not wrong because they had go uh, go esque girls that were dancing on the airplane wing every now and then. And those, oh, sorry, turn that off again. <laughs> those poor girls could not find a beat to hook onto. It was so, I felt so bad for them because they, I explained it to Brian and we were talking about it on the way home and I was like, it's like when you're at a stoplight and you're trying to see if the blinker in front of you matches up and sometimes it matches up and you get so excited because it never happens, but then like. They're a little Fraction out of, of a here. second off. And that's what all of this music is. It's like you find you're like, oh, there it is. I found it. I found the beat. And then all of a sudden it like it falls <laughs> apart like somebody threw forks into a garbage disposal. <laughs> and from the looks of it, like I, I, there was not a whole lot of the dancing part of the rave. There was people just kind of gathered watching. So we were like, well, Maybe even ravers can't rave to this or they didn't come for that or because there was uh, so it took place and maybe an acre, two acre parcel out by this guy's plane and he planted he planted trees around it. So it's just completely surrounded by surrounded by trees. um, And there was maybe about. By the end of the night, maybe about a thousand people that ended up showing up and and had all was like kind of like the starlight parade where everybody had like crazy glowing costumes and stuff like that. And the crowd, I mentioned, it didn't seem like it was specifically for set up to be like the rave. It was just more of an experience because like the first half of it that we were there, there was like mom's. Right. and like well put together like suburban type you know 60 year old women walking around looking at things and like this really diverse group of people that right. showed up which was I can just imagine the those moms being like, oh the kids will never believe that we went to a rave in the forest at an airplane we've got to go to this right <laughs> so that was pretty great and there was just yeah, there was people there were there were different booths set up like the peculiararium, (laughs) peculiararium store was there and had a little booth. And yeah, there was like a little video you can play vintage video games and just kind of these art installations with different things on them. And then there was this tent that when we got there, we got there to set up and it just said the cougar experience. And I was like, "Oh no, this will end poorly. (laughs) (laughs) And we kind of, I was kind of waiting to see if, you know, an animal would show up in a cage that we can all poke with a stick <laughs> at the rave. But it was, and I didn't, it was just the reason all the moms were there. It is. was, oh, it God. was older women <laughs> all dressed out and kind of uh, cat. And I know they, I think they have a Facebook page cause they're like some sort of organization that I couldn't wrap my head. I was terrified. So I wouldn't go around the booth because they were like, cat calling guys and like being all crazy and their <laughs> boobs hanging out yes. i'm like i am staying far away from the cougar experience <laughs> booth um lasso Yule oh, uh, cougar yeah oh, boy <laughs> but they had uh one of the things i liked the most was uh the glowing hula hoops and they oh, yeah. use the LEDs that have like the, when you start to spin them, it makes different patterns, which would change. And so it would, like look like this cool glowing ball. And then it would like, it be polka dots and then like lines going back and forth. Those were really cool. Um, Not, not a lot of people. Of course, I'm very naive about such things, but like, it didn't seem like everybody was drugged out and crazy. Dropping like, Molly. Yeah. I, I know there was probably some people I'm just going to on shrooms and i don't know if that's what they were on but to me that's what everybody's on because that's the only thing i know like in the 60s everyone was on pcp right and angel, dust.
0: angel dust so everyone's on
1: mushrooms <laughs> to me this one guy came up to the booth and he was he was clearly a little whacked out but having fun and he was looking at my uh, vhs lamps which i had like on super it's super blink or whatever pulsing and he was staring at it and he was looking at it and Whoa! Said he liked it. Yeah, see the universe. A, yeah, and then he walked away, and and he goes, "Hey, man, keep that shit up."
0: Yes. <laughs> and I was like, "I
1: will." <laughs> Shrooming weirdo, just for you. <laughs> but like, lots of costumes. Like I said, lots of glowing things. But then there was like a guy dressed as. Uh, um. What is that noise? I don't know. <laughs> is something deflating? I think so. Or like deflating. I've never heard that. That's weird. Um, but then the guy, some guy just like a rebel pilot from Star Wars oh. and like another guy with Buzz Lightyear. Right. And so it was like it wasn't a theme, but it was just leftovers from it, Comic-Con. Yeah, it was it was really funny. And on the way out there, I noticed twice yesterday for the first time we passed a hemp farm. Oh, an industrial hemp farm. That thing's going to drive me crazy. That squealing noise. But I noticed there's one on the corner of uh, uh, where I-205 and I-5 meet. There is a, a hemp farm there, and then we drove. We were getting close to one, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I really smell weed right now." We were driving out there, and <clears throat> we crested the hill or whatever, and they're like hemp farm, and they had a giant sign that was like, "There is no THC in here." But it was weird it just to see stealing our yeah, stop stealing our, our weed. Hemp. <laughs> Um, so it was weird to see just like a whole field of just weed growing there. And it, it really, I didn't, for some reason, I guess I didn't, I thought maybe the non THC weed doesn't smell, but Mm -hmm. like Brian legitimately
0: thought we'd hit a skunk and I'm like, (laughs) no, that's
1: probably (laughs) why they call it skunk.
0: Yeah. The CBD market is exploding and, uh, and so so you can get it from hemp too. Okay.
1: Interesting. Um but yeah it was it was a crazy fun experience last night. I love doing stuff like that with Brian cuz I we had the safety of the booth so we could observe everyone and still have our little zone to just stand there and but I mean that the music we just stared dumbfounded at each other all night. And it's like I'm sure there is rave music that I like wouldn't hate and like I've heard some dub Madonna went through a, a very tragic dubstep right. uh, era too and it's like I get it like it's kind of neat but it's just I mean just nothing that and they had four or five different DJs and they of course they all sounded the same and I was like we need Nate from not nerd to come DJ that <laughs> like if they would have just played like awesome retro 80s music It would have been like a total hit like people would have sang along and danced and like but every it everyone just kind of stood standing and staring and but then it got dark and they had the lasers that would shoot out oh fun and so like you would look in the distance which was just trees and you would see all of the lasers like split up on the trees and all the needles and all everything and it was that was that was really neat at the end of the night so so yes, I recommend once again if you have a unipiper friend who can get you into a <laughs> airplane forest rave for free, then I I recommend going to that. So it, it was it was fun. That
0: didn't end up being free for you though. You worked for almost you know eight hours. Or I whatever did. did well. <laughs> That's the fun part for right. me, I guess,
1: the, the getting in. So, yeah, I did get uh, this amazing. Brian gave me one of his new shirts. Oh, ah, that's which really is cool. The, uh, the Friday the 13th inspired one where he's right. wearing his Jason mask and holding machete and riding his thing. And he designed it to look like an old an old uh, vintage 80s shirt. So I did get that out of the deal. So, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. It, am I? It, is that noise just still
0: dubstep? Is I, that what's playing? I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. You want to unplug your computer oh, yeah. to see, and we're back
1: to just troll everyone and have another hour of
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, that was another thing too. So when we got there, they wanted Brian to go up on the wing and like ride around and it had been raining and so Brian was like, "Uh, oh, no, I'm not <laughs> going to do that." Um and I was getting off uh I got on the wing too and got to walk on that, which is it was so bouncy when you first got on way towards the outer edge and of course when you get closer to the plane it's completely stable. Um but that that's where they had the DJ booth up on top of the wing. And I was getting down and this guy came up and he he worked there. He's like, oh, are you Todd? I was like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he kind of looked at me and shook his head. He goes, you're headlining rave DJ, Freddie Todd. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and everybody, Brian noticed it too. Like when they mentioned this Freddie <laughs> Todd guy, It was as if they were saying, "Oh, is Michael Jackson here yet?" Like (laughs) as if everybody knew who he he came from Seattle. Like he's got like a legit, um, a legit career at this. Yeah. But I thought it was like this funny. If it was a sitcom, I would have been like wrapped into becoming the rave DJ because I said the wrong thing to the guy. But
0: (laughs) you can check him out at freddytodd.com.
1: Oh, can you? Wow. Uh, I didn't pull a lot of news, what with all my raving, but I did have uh, a couple uh, little things. Uh, one of them is an article about the Silicon Valley heavyweights who want to settle the moon. So there's been a lot of activity on the moon. China just went there and found the maybe gel-like, gel-like substance. substance. Uh, India is uh, either just launched or just landed. I can't remember they which one. They just crashed. Uh, oh, They just no. crashed and, and uh, dispersed. No, this oh. was a few weeks ago. They okay. dispersed
0: the... Uh, um, tro- not troglodytes. The the uh, tar- tardigrades. tardigrades. Okay,
1: I think there was an update something last week. <laughs> I remember yeah. from um, but this whole drive of uh, what they're saying that rich people want to start to um settle the moon. So we, I guess, have an escape plan. Um, but two Oregon stories here. Multiple sightings of quote secret military aircraft were reported near Oregon USAF base. Um, images have emerged supposedly showing a black a black project government spy plane in the skies over Portland. The hmm. images apparently in the sky near Portland uh, Air National Guard Base, Pang, <laughs> show a mysterious triangular object uh, in startling clarity. Oh, this is just like the underside of an airplane. I'm just seeing this for the first time. <laughs> Uh, YouTube conspiracy theorists, of course, uh, were sent the photos and uploaded them. They said they've received multiple accounts of people who have seen this. Um, uh, One witness told the channel the craft didn't make a sound as it flew in the skies. This is, by the way, from uh, the English tabloid (laughs) Daily Star. Mm. So if you look at the picture, it kind of looks like a moth, which is what the bottom side of like an F-16 looks like, you know, so... Sorry, I did not pre-read that, but (laughs) apparently England thinks that word. But there was a ceiling collapse at the Portland Art Museum. Really? Part of the decorative ceiling collapsed Tuesday at the Portland Art Museum's Crindle Grand Ballroom. No one was inside the room at the time. A group was getting ready to tour the room as part of a possible future rental. I wonder how that ended up. (laughs) No one was injured and says no artwork was damaged. Six chairs and a table were lost. (laughs) Uh, It says engineers examined the third floor room and the rest of the Mark building. That's right. That is the Mark building and found no structural safety issues. Um, The curator said, quote, so many of us share fond memories of attending events with our friends and families in the grand ballroom. Thanks (laughs)
0: Well, Thanks yes. <laughs> Brian
1: Fariso For having a quote that has nothing to do with w- what happened
0: <laughs> I wonder how that uh, Price negotiation went with that <laughs> <laughs> it like
1: We're willing to cut <laughs> 20% off As the roof is just <laughs> collapsing in the background 13% <laughs> I remember in, in, in high school Our gym was it was pretty old And by then I remember We had gone through several earthquakes We had one of the big earthquakes when I was in the gym Which was scary mm. But I remember playing volleyball and like just pieces of the ceiling, like this—the old, the old tile, those weird ceiling tiles or whatever that have all the dots in them—that yeah. many classrooms have, would just like fall onto us during <laughs> during our games. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like it should be happening. This roof collapse. So, but that's mostly all I had. Other than, I mean, there is nothing to grab onto. Like, I think I'm getting something, but.
0: <laughs> so, and nice. thankfully
1: the music was not yeah. as blaringly loud as, as we were both fearing. Good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I didn't need my earplugs after all. <laughs> so it was quite something.
0: Cool. Um, You want to uh, talk about the sonic Sonic sketches sketches?
1: i wonder what in the world would a sonic sketch of a dubstep Dubstep. like what is what even is this waveform i guess i'll find out later tonight when i edit this i mean this is just all squared off plateaus (laughs) and and nonsense spells out a message but if freddie todd if you are listening to this, if you have found your way to our podcast and our review of, of of your music, then maybe you want your newest single, Shellac, as a Sonic Sketch. Well, if you don't know what that is, Freddie Todd, a Sonic Sketch lets you display your favorite song as a beautiful piece of visual art, perfect for dubstep enthusiasts to see your art out on the wall as a waveform in either a set of three 12 by 12 panels or a single 8 by 24 piece of brushed, polished aluminum. So uh, these are really, really neat. If you hadn't had a chance to go to SonicSketches.com to check them out, I recommend doing so. We're going downhill into the holiday season and gift giving is coming. So if so you fast. if you are a planner and want something special and something really, really neat, uh, then go check out SonicSketches.com and use the promo code Mark Todd, and you will get free shipping anywhere in the United States. So check them out. Do us a favor and support them.
0: MarkTodd. MarkTodd. Cool. Cool. Well, I uh, I gave a little teaser before. We are going to talk about homing pigeons. <gasps> oh, yeah. okay. So, <clears throat> oh, um, nice. I've, um, you know, we've all heard about them. We've all. Uh, I knew somebody who had some yeah. in Italy. It was really a b- kind of a big sport in Italy, apparently. Okay. And I've always wondered, like, what's the deal? <laughs> what's the deal? What's with What's the deal with homing with pigeons? Homing? And uh, apparently, there's recorded instances of using homing pigeons for three thousand years. Wow! They were used to deliver. There's recorded documentation showing that they used homing pigeons to deliver the results of the original Greek Olympics out to the masses. Whoa! <laughs> right, <laughs> and so that's crazy. It, go, it goes way back, and has been used by almost every civilization since so uh egyptians uh the huns uh used homing pigeons the uh the greeks and romans uh in romans in 64 bc there's there's documentation of them using uh homing pigeons and uh mostly for messaging but there is uh, at least one instance i thought this one was really interesting uh, he was a fruit-loving Arab ruler, <laughs> and he used pigeons. Thought I what the first line of to, my of fruit, my obituary to be a fruit-loving loving Arab <laughs> ruler. Ruler. Uh, he used pigeons in the Middle Ages to bring him a fix of Lebanese cherries across the <laughs> way. The uh, so distance wise what do you think uh we'll, we'll just talk some big picture numbers and then okay. we'll just talk about more of the mechanics of well boy
1: if they i mean if they were doing it way back then for things like the olympics 26.1 miles <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> as far as one marathon
0: one marathon uh, oh i don't know i'm boy a thousand miles so the longest recorded um Uh, homing pigeon flight is seven thousand miles. Uh, from the the deep part of Africa all the way to England, and it was done in the eighteen hundreds. It took fifty five days. Wow, that's not bad. (laughs) Not bad. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and uh, the and so many races today take over hundreds or even like seven hundred miles. Uh, is kind of a a standard com- competitive uh pigeon race. And so <clears throat> which is still a thing. Okay. So so a couple other amazing after, little After
1: after Forest Airplane Rave, I think uh... Pigeon. What did you just say? Something pigeon racing. Standard <laughs> pigeon, race, pigeon yeah, racing. Yeah, yeah. Homie <laughs> pigeon racing. Another phrase I didn't think I'd be hearing this weekend.
0: Uh, so, what do you think a person who breeds pigeons? Oh. Who is that person? What? What? what would how they would be you called? Re- how do you refer? Well, to you, a call pigeon the, breeder? you call them a pigeon
1: breeder. You call them a falconer, which we were oddly enough talking about earlier today. So you're gonna love this a, name. A, a,
0: a pigeoneer. A pigeon fancier. <laughs>
1: Yay! <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I so wonder if they wear fascinators. They should
0: if they pigeon don't. Pigeon fancier. That's uh, like cat pidge- cat, fancy cat, cat fancy magazine. <laughs> so a pigeon fancier, and I, I found that term because I was looking at pigeon race results. Right. And it has uh the the, the before name. you started researching this topic, or that's no, how you got well, into this topic. When I got into this topic, <laughs> I'm looking at results and trying to interpret the results. And why a,
1: were you looking at the results? I wanted, I, like, did you search it, or you found you I saw someone for linked it. for it on Reddit or something? No, I so, uh, yeah, like, where did this come from out of the blue? I've never
0: heard you talk about I've visions before. I honestly, like, my friend Brett uh, said a few weeks ago you know what you should do as a hobby? <laughs> you should get some homing pigeons. I have no problem. I'm, I'm
1: almost shocked that you at some point in your childhood did not train homing pigeons. Uh,
0: right? That's
1: an absolutely <laughs> marked, childhood marked childhood thing to do. It is marked
0: childhood thing to do. And so that was the seed. And last night as I'm thinking about what the topic is, and I'm like, uh, of course, homing pigeons. And – I like to pick topics that I've heard of or been adjacent to, but don't know anything about. So I can kind of learn along with everyone. And, and this was a perfect, perfect topic. So I was always under the impression that you have kind of two points And you can send the pigeon back and forth. Right. And that's not true. Oh, because there was like
1: I mentioned at the opening of the show that you were surprised. I knew somebody that did homing pigeons. I saw the surprise in your face. And so they. But that's what she was doing between her house and her mom's house in like West Lynn or whatever. They were like just teaching it back and
0: forth. Exactly. And so what they're they're a one way street. And so you would transport the pigeon to an external location. Okay and it will always find its way home and so that's really great for like a war situation where you've got a home base that is the, the need you know the center of in, intelligence and information and they've been used in wars uh extensively throughout history and the united states used them in war up until 1956 and so world war one and world war Two had homing pigeons as a significant component, there's.
1: I feel like I just read a story about uh, the continual use of them. Now I can't find it. I saw it pop up in my
0: Facebook feed. There was a um, a famous one in World War One called Sherami and a female homing pigeon. Um, she's now stuffed, and you can find her in the Smithsonian. Oh. Uh, but uh, do they
1: do they all wear the little hats? No,
0: no. Uh, the little sky
1: captain <clears throat> in the world of tomorrow.
0: Now, most of them have uh, a, a little container fixed to their leg, right? And so I've seen that, that. they like roll the up a piece of paper. Ex- exactly. So, uh, in France during World War One, uh, would been trained by American uh, pigeon fanciers. Uh, <laughs> she's the most famous for delivering a message from an encircled battalion, despite serious injuries during uh, the Argonne Offensive in October 1918 saved hundreds and hundreds of soldiers who had been encircled and got those those encircled soldiers wow. sent a message out by pigeon uh, back to home base. And so the home base would have a coop and the coop had a sensor on it that beeped when the pigeon arrived back, message for you, sir, <laughs> You know, and a pigeon game, yeah, pigeon game. Uh, and in doing any research about pigeons, you're always going to find um, uh, messages about <laughs> ravens and uh, Game of Thrones. So in Game of Thrones, oh. they use ravens to okay. communicate across long distances, and the raven has arrived. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so you alluded to how the process works, but basically, you. Get them. Uh, it, it's a natural instinct, and it is. So this works in all pigeons. There's, there's definitely breeds. There's a, there's a breed that is specifically uh, bred to uh, be a homing pigeon, and other pigeons demonstrate this ability. And so you could use <laughs> any. When uh, I any... catch a pigeon after the show and bring them home. <laughs> um, the word that uh, as uh, uh magneto reception, which I you, you I heard pre- your computer <laughs> try to pronounce that earlier today magneto reception is the ability for any organism to detect a magnetic field and uh, to use that so the vast majority of scientific belief uh yeah, and understanding right now is, Like 80% of their navigation is magnetoreception. They, they, you can be in Africa and they can fly around and know where north is, right? Right. And so they, and don't we have something
1: similar in between, in between our nose? (coughs) I think the bridge of our nose has something that,
0: yeah, it's, there's a, uh, a type of receptor inside your eyeball actually that has some, ability uh that we have not yet been able to there's there's a research paper literally come out that's come out this year in 2019 that has some information up and correlating humans ability to detect magnetic uh, receptions and um it's not it's not proven yet it's not yeah, we don't know much about because we that right do.
1: Now. Yeah, we do all have a sense of direction that right. works everywhere except on a cruise ship where it would not work at all. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> Take a homing pigeon on a cruise ship and they'll never <laughs> fly themselves into the ocean.
0: <laughs> so they've done other research with homing pigeons where they've put basically like frosted contact lenses <laughs> on them. Sounds terrible. Whose job is that? That was literally part of the video. Was down the pigeon. Can you imagine having that job? Uh, So they put frosted. uh, Why not just be a hood? (laughs) hood Seems like you're over solving the problem. Wanted wanted to to breathe and stuff. So um, what they're showing is the uh, pigeon can come within about a mile of its home without being able to see See it right and so they use landmarkers definitely for the final descent uh, but they've shown somebody had a chart of like the learning pigeon and its gps receptor that they've got strapped onto its foot so the first five flights were fairly uh serpentine and would would uh go off course and meander around And then after about five, it figured it out. And the next five tracks were almost identical. Wow. And so it locks in and then they believe that it identifies landmarks and uses those landmarks, roads and lakes and Mm -hmm. and different buildings or whatever. And so they, they, it's. It's a mixed bag right now. There is still some debate about the specific mechanics of how uh, uh, one of the theories uh, of how a bird is able to uh, locate its home, even having not been in the initial location, like in the in the place of Africa, mm. how does it know that it needs to go north and not south or right. or whatever it, and so. There's a lot of debate around that, so I mean, their brains you, are so small; they're the size of a pea, <laughs> which is why, <laughs> <laughs>
1: which is why the fact that like crows are super smart it, freaks me out. Right? It doesn't make sense.
0: Pigeons have also been shown to be able to read four-letter words, <laughs> so they they get a treat when they identify an English word, and they don't get a treat if or they get a treat if they identify that this one is not a word. Okay. And they like 80% of the time we're able to Man. learn well, words. Well, I've seen videos and... of
1: them fishing. They'll like pick up a piece of bread and they'll <laughs> so throw it in the water. water until the fish comes and then yeah. they will eat the fish. Right. I don't like birds.
0: <laughs> I don't think <laughs> they're they're crazy. Uh and so 55 days people breed their cubs. Did it cancers.
1: say Did it say like who figured this out? Yeah. I mean, 3,000 I mean, years some ago. Some guy so. that
0: could not get rid of the dumb bird <laughs> that way. It's it like, I wonder if I could home. use this. Right. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, essentially you establish your home roost, and uh, if you now take them a quarter mile away where they can still see the tower of the roost. And um, you make sure that they're kind of hungry and mm-hmm. want to come home, then um, then you expand that to a half a mile and then a three quarters mile. And so sometimes it takes uh, a long time, you know, weeks or months in right. order to get them trained to go 40 miles across town. Or right. Whatever. I should
1: ask for an update from my <laughs> friend at church. Yeah, that'd be fun. Theirs.
0: But uh, it would be fun to have a friend across town that you could to send, send messages for us yeah and so that would be so cool but it's only a one-way street so See, that's the part that doesn't make
1: sense so like if the when the army base finally got that like how did they send i guess they just send someone on a horse back to like well, contact them back
0: well in in that case they were able to um deploy the infantry to to you know right right but i'm thinking solve of like, the yeah back
1: in the 400s or whatever
0: right and so it's a one-way message uh, that you hope they get and so you can do it both ways and so a lot well
1: or have one bird go that goes one way there you go and the other it's like it's that logic problem of getting all the people across the river but you can only put two people (laughs) in the boat at the same time you have one pigeon carry the other
0: (laughs) in a little in a backpack (laughs) backpack. (laughs) it's just sticking sticking Back to back. <laughs> all right, my turn to go back. <laughs> I guess there a is little by down my below.
1: by my church. There's a like a garden nursery type place that has a big pigeon roost, you know, in there too. So those, I mean, probably all just the same idea. If they have a home, then totally. And the I should steal one at the See how long it takes weddings when they there. release
0: the doves or the pigeons. Uh, those are just twenty homing pigeons going back home. <laughs>
1: Escaping, getting escaping. getting their freedom from these <laughs> strangers. I sent you that video a couple, I think, last week of that bride and groom <laughs> that were going to release Holy vision, and the girl releases hers and just would <laughs>
0: completely limp. I don't know if it's dead so or not, funny. but it's just
1: like she basically threw it on the oh.
0: floor. <laughs> it, what was great is like it was it was like one of those scientific diagrams of. <laughs> of gravity works no matter what and and so figuring out the trajectory both released at the same time at the same trajectory and one went up and one just had the perfect arc down it just
1: wonderful so so
0: sad uh yeah and so it's it's so it's a it's a sport and a and a Yeah, when I, I just looked in for news
1: now, trying to find it if if I did see that news story, but the first thing that came over what came up was the Lorraine County Fair headline, Homing Pigeon, Athletes of the Sky. <laughs> so they had a big get together, a yep. racing pigeon sold for one point four million dollars.
0: Twenty nineteen the first yeah, that uh the previous record was uh about four hundred thousand dollars, and so this was it really raised eyebrows in the Man. in the pigeon fancier community.
1: Wow. Yeah. Love affairs with pigeon racing. A Chinese buyer's, oh, Chinese buyer, as Chinese buyers flock,
0: homing pigeon
1: prices soar.
0: Right. And so this was an undisclosed Chinese uh, investor who bought the $1.4 million dollar uh, Homing Pigeon
1: Wow Oh, This is the brand new story June 19, 2019 What does it say? Homing Pigeons are willing to spend more energy To travel in pairs oh. mm. So anyway mm. If you're interested in that You can go to <laughs> News to new <laughs> It's oh, Things yes. I won't even pretend I want to read Dot <laughs> org <laughs> I've got that domain uh, So yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that, yeah, it's so interesting. I always wondered how that, how that, and I mean, all you think all birds are capable of that. Maybe they just don't want to participate because I mean, even flocking birds know how to navigate, navigate huge distances and get back to where they Well, And whales do it. I mean, all of seems like all of the animal kingdom that, that travels in, in herds are able to, to navigate like that, which is so interesting.
0: Yeah, and uh, the magnetoreception is shown to be present in bacteria, arthropods, mollusks, and members of all major taxonomic groups of vertebrates, including mammals. Wow. So all, all all creatures... Great and, small. Uh, great, great and small have been identified that this is a, a sense that
1: well and when we were in we were in Alaska when we went on our dog sledding trip we went way up to the to into the mountains kind of where the rivers that flow into the bay start and the salmon were all the way up there they had somehow and it was so sad because at that point they like the fact that the salmon were still alive this late in the season was a big deal, but basically when salmon go up the river to spawn, they just hang out in like shallow water and literally decay in the sun until they are dead. (laughs) So we saw them (laughs) in that stage, which was just really sad. Just big hunks of the missing and like sideways, just like banging into the shore. And it was terrible, but yeah, they do too. They somehow, They know That freaked me out too Is that They're just compelled Yeah For reasons that they don't know That they have to get to this place Right Oh that's so weird
0: Yeah So the Yeah The the homie vision Using magnetoreception Using their eyeballs uh, (laughs) Sometimes sometimes, Unless they're covered Unless they're covered In cloudy contact (laughs) lenses (laughs) But they also suspect That there's Position of the sun Is used And um, They've got their sextants, <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> their pigeon sextants. <laughs> and, um, and, and other magnetic information. Right. Right now. So yeah,
1: the, the whole perfect. magnetism thing in animals is
0: weird. Just, well, at all <laughs>
1: like the existence <laughs> of, of magnets and magnetic <laughs> fields and magnets. How do they work? <laughs> um, Wow, that is so fascinating. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I'm glad you brought that up. Hey. Uh, oh, there's one more thing about the rave. Oh, yeah. So it was supposed to be and build as a silent rave, which I was assuming, <gasps> oh, yeah. you know, it is close enough into, you know, by a town and there's, you know, other farmers and neighbors. So I'm sure they have to drop their noise levels at some point and so everybody got these cool headphones that like lit up and there was two channels there was one channel of of a DJ that was off on one half of it and the other one was the guy that was on the plane which I thought was dumb but um, I thought well it's gonna be so cool to be in the forest hearing this like thumping rave music in your headphones but when you take them off it's just quiet like that they never did that they played that stupid music The whole time So stupid And there was one area silent I know There was one area That was kind of the silent But I mean The other music You could still Very loudly hear But that was funny To see like Everybody just grooving out Like And all you can hear There was a guy Up on this big Platform thing uh, DJing off his computer And you could just hear it Come out of his Like his sad little Computer (laughs) Speakers Because it was like Through everything else And so it was funny To hear this tinny little beat music and like everybody's like freaking out and dancing and <laughs> but i was really disappointed that it wasn't it never became the silent S- disco rave thing because yeah. that would have been so cool we
0: came across one of those up here at Laurelhurst park oh uh, wow a couple years ago that was silent uh we didn't know it was happening and <laughs> so you're walking through the park and then there's a bunch of hippies that are dancing <laughs> silently did they have all, headphones or it was they just, all had headphones okay yeah, so
1: they weren't even they weren't pretending because I
0: can see that happening too. <laughs> I can see that happening. The music's in your head, man. <laughs> uh, feel it, and uh, <clears throat> you know, they were all dancing, and and there was a DJ there, and he had headphones on. So, and that was it, and we never heard any of the music. That's and just so walking funny. By See, them.
1: yeah, that would have been cool in the dark in the forest right. with the lights hitting all that stuff. But yeah, sadly that was not. So we, and I didn't get to go in the plane, but. Um, I think one of these days that you and I and and perhaps my mom and dad who showed interest will go out there and get a little tour of his property. Brian said he may or may not be a little a little on the crazy uh, on the fringe, maybe. But I mean, he's a some rich old man that lives in a plane in the forest. So I guess you know what you're getting into when you approach that. Um, Well, I can't think of anything else. Can you? I don't think so. Um, I can think of, uh, so uh, Brian the Unipiper, speaking of, has uh, a couple more events coming up for Weird Portland United, his nonprofit. so you can go to weirdportlandunited.org for that. They're having a, a gala at s- in the next couple weeks um, with some Portland weird luminaries, and so that should be really fun. Um, you can meet Rojo the Llama mm-hmm. a, in a couple weeks on a Monday, which I think I'm going to be able to go to. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I finally get to go to something. Um. But other than that, go to FunEmploymentRadio.com and listen to Greg and Sarah's show, which they do every day. Um, It's a great show. You can become a member of their supporters club and get stuff live and get some behind the scenes stuff, too. So go check them out. And like I said, SonicSketches.com. I'm going to give Freddie Todd another chance here. Maybe I was judging Shellac too harshly. So we'll dig into uh, his catalog a little bit more. Uh, to see if we can really tell the difference between all these songs. Off of his album, wreck o W-R-E-C-K-U-L-O-U-S, <laughs> this is Heavy Matica. So we will see you guys later.
0: It's only 75 <laughs> minutes long. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everybody grab your lollipops and your glow sticks. (laughs) (laughs) It was really a parody of what me and Brian thought rave music would be like. Um, At one point I was trying to, they were like, There was a sample of some words or something. And I'm like, are they just saying Orgy Slayer over and over? And I just accepted that as a thing. But Brian's like, no, they're saying Poetry Slam. But it was like so garbled. (laughs) (laughs) Poetry Slam. So I'm like, Orgy Slayer. Oh, Oh, and we got, um, you know those diffraction glasses? Yeah. The little 3D whatever. and So I, I was playing around with those. Somebody gave us some. And it was interesting to see that... You know, most of the lights diffracted like that. But when you looked at the lasers, they didn't because they were all, they're just that pure wavelength, I think, and not made up of the spectrum. Huh. And so like, and some of the LED lights would diffuse, but then others wouldn't. And so that was really fascinating to see which lights would break up into, into, huh. that was, stuff. that was the fun I had It. All right. Well, anyway, All right.
0: See. see you next time.
1: This is a real song. This is not me starting and stopping music. I told Brian this sounds like music. Transformers would have
0: sex Sex too. He sent us that message, yeah. (laughs) All right, goodbye. Bye. (laughs) It's
1: like epilepsy at the dentist office.